Once upon a time in a magical land of make-believe and mystery, there were two girls who dreamed that one day the stories they read in books would come to life. They often wondered what it would be like to see characters from those books live in their world and even interact with characters from other books. Those dreams have come true, and those girls are now grown, but their imaginations are still filled with the magic of childhood, and every week they like to take an adventure beyond Storybrooke. Welcome to Beyond Storybrooke. I'm Trina. And I'm Addie. And we're here to discuss episode 13 of Once Upon a Time called Darkness on the Edge of Town which aired March 1st, 2015. Brought to you by goldenspiralmedia.com, where you can find more of your entertainment needs there. goldenspiralmedia.com. Now, what a premiere, don't you think, Addie? They came at us with a magical bang. Yes, there's so much to talk about this episode. It's good to be back. It was a long hiatus, and finally, it's here. And we start the season off with a lot of villains and a lot of questions. Yes, very much. I think that's the best way to put it because it's not so much villains versus heroes. It's more of the journey of a villain, but collectively of all these villains put together. But before we start even going there, let's start off with the quick recap. Yes. Many years ago, the Queens of Darkness are summoned to the Forbidden Fortress by Rumpelstiltskin to get their happy endings. Of course, Rumpel does double crosses them at Bald Mountain, where the curse resides for their happy ending. Each villain uses their own special power to get through the obstacles. All the while, we see that all is well in Storybrooke. Regina's the mayor, Snow's back at teaching, and Emma's back at being the sheriff. But not for long. Hook and Belle find a way to get the fairies out of the sorcerer's hat, but when Regina casts a spell to release them, it releases the Chernabog, thanks to Rumpel, who was the professor that Belle went to to translate the spell to release the fairies. Now, to vanquish the Chernabog, Cruella and Ursula tell Regina and Emma what it is it's after, but first they make a deal that if they are right, they will let them into Storybrooke. Regina and Emma defeat the Shirtabog and they allow Cruella and Ursula reluctantly into Storybrooke using the Snow Queen's scroll. Snow and Charming confront Cruella and Ursula to keep their secret or else, and Cruella and Ursula keep their end of the bargain and toss the scroll to Rumple to let him into Storybrooke. Dun, dun, dun. Good job at pronouncing Shurnabog. I can't even Shurna. say it. I don't even know if I'm saying it right. Hell be Shurnabog demon. That's how I think we're going to refer to that beast throughout the episode. I would like to just say that it's the demon because trying to pronounce that name is pretty hard. And if you can pronounce it, you know, a lot of magical bombs there for you because it's very interesting, that name. It's very ancient. So I think they kept it well. So where should we go from here? Well, let's do a couple of quick shout outs again, and we'll incorporate everybody's comments throughout our show. But first off, we want to say a big shout out to Justina. Yes, Justina, thank you so much for putting the awesome blog post you did over at beyondstorybrook.com, where you gave a quick recap about what happened in season 4A. And what's to come in season 4B. Also, if you didn't check it out yet or vote, Justina put a poll on there as to which villain you are most likely to look forward to. And before we reveal the results, I think we're going to leave that towards the end or maybe the middle, but let's not get ahead of ourselves right now. But 
If you haven't read that blog post, please head over to beyondstorybrook.com. Give it a read. Put your vote in now. It's never too late because I think the question that she asked there is very valid even to re- at this point right now. We don't know where they're going with all these villains. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what backstory they have, how they all connect, and what is to come in Storybrooke. Hi, this is Justina calling in for Beyond Storybrooke. I give this episode 9 out of 10 lost bottle openers. I really enjoyed this episode, though I was a little bit disappointed that Rumpelstiltskin got back into Storybrooke so quickly. I really like the Cherubog villain and the continuity it's creating with the Fantasia between this half of the season and last half of the season. Because we had the Sorcerer's Hat, the Apprentice, the Walking Broom. So it was nice to see the big villain from Fantasia show up in the spring premiere. And the special effects on him were just awesome. As far as Emma's heart having potential for darkness, I have two different theories on this. One is she is the product of true love, which should make her heart very pure. But Emma has suffered much disappointment in her life. She could not find a family. And now that she has found a home here in Storybrooke, something is always happening and peace is always very, very short-lived. She lost Neil. She ended up going to jail on Neil's behalf. She had to give up her son. So all of these negative things that have happened to Emma may in the end influence her heart toward darkness. Or is her heart susceptible to darkness because of the dealings that her parents had with the Queens of Darkness. Was some dark deal struck before she was born that will affect Emma now? We'll just have to wait and see. Regina did not get the scroll back that allows people to enter the town. I'm wondering if this will have consequences. Thank you to everyone who went over to my blog and took my poll. It was very fun to see all of your answers. Have a great week. Justina, you hit it on the spot. A lot of the stuff that you said, I agree with. And I think we'll incorporate that throughout our episode. And you gave the episode 9 out of 10 bottle openers. I kind of agree. I give it 9 out of 10 dragon's breath, though. Ooh, that's a good one. I give this a 9 out of 10 magic boxes. And then Chris gives it 8.5 out of 10 clucks. There's a couple of things that we can already dive in just from what Justina told us. And let's go ahead and start with Fantasia. Justina and Chris point out that there's a lot of references to Fantasia with uh, the Bald Mountain being where the curse resides. Mm -hmm. That goes back into Fantasia the movie. And also the Chernabog that they both mentioned came from Fantasia. He is the villain in Fantasia. Can you tell us what Chris put in his uh, feedback regarding that? All right. So Chris had just had a couple of thoughts. He said that he just has to say, as a big Disney and Fantasia fan, the reveal that the Dark Curse came from Bald Mountain was one of the favorite reveals so far in the show. And the Chernabog was awesome. Also, Victoria Smurfit is killing it as as Cruella. Spot on. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, though. When it comes to Fantasia and this, I still didn't have the chance to watch Fantasia 
uh, really bad me. I had a busy <laughs> winter, but I love that both Justina and Chris brought up that this is where the bald mountain and then the demon all come from. And that just as Justina says, it reinforces bringing these characters back where in season four, a, they brought up the broom. They brought up the sorcerer's hat. So all of these are coming together. So Thank you so much, both Chris and Justina, for bringing that up, reminding us, hey, remember where these come from? Because a person like me, who I haven't seen Fantasia, I wouldn't know that. And I would just feel like, oh, it's just a, like another lost thing. That's how I <laughs> refer to it, because it comes out as the magic uh, black smoke. But then next thing you know, it's a, it's a demon. <laughs> right. I agree, Addie. I, too, am not big on Fantasia, so... All the little references that they're mentioning, I like how it's all connecting. And it's like little hints being dropped of, of Fantasia throughout season season four altogether, 4A and 4B. They're building us up. Right. And, you know, Chris brings up Cruella. So did Eliana. She loved that character. Yeah. So I think right now, I think, I don't know about you, Addie, but maybe we should dive into these villains. Because we've got a lot of villains to talk about and different little nuances of each. We do have a lot. And maybe as we go through the villains and go through the rest of this episode, we will incorporate what Eliana had told us because, yes, uh, Eliana, we love your feedback. Yeah, thank you, Eliana. And thank you for posting it on Facebook because it's always nice to share with the group so that everybody, yeah. everybody can read it as well. Yeah, and if you're interested, I just want to quickly mention this because as we go through the show, sometimes we'll forget to mention it. But just go to beyondstorybrook.com and there's links to the Facebook group there. You will find where you can follow not just us, but the group. There's a group over there who, within the whole winter time, kind of kept it alive there. So thank you so much for everybody who's out there. This shout out is also to you for keeping the show alive, uh, so to speak, there in the group within us. We keep hearing all these news coming out about the show, but what keeps us there is each other. Yes, thank you so much. And Anytime you see something new or want to post a spoiler or anything like that, we'd love to hear it. Love, we love that you share. And thank yeah. you again for just keeping it alive. Yeah. So let's jump in. Who is the first villain that you want to talk about? Or what about the villains do you want to talk about, Trina? Ah, so much. So let's dig into Cruella. I think before I mentioned, before we talk about Cruella, I think this episode, there was a lot of great writing, a lot of quick wits especially with her character and eliana mentions that a lot oh she's very very sharp yeah and i'm gonna say this now she's she's kind of placed herself more more of the dominant villain at this point right now out of her maleficent and ursula she's the more dominant one and that surprised me because maleficent has always been that i am the evil queen i am the one with the power but amongst all three of them, right now, Corella is the one who's kind of the, the pack leader, I would right. like to say. Even though in the show we're seeing that Rumpel is, is the leader of them, but she's really the one to stick it. And even pulling a gun on Rumpelstiltskin. Mm -hmm. She's definitely the sassy one. Mm -hmm. She tells it how it is. Mm -hmm. She won't put up with Rumpel, any of this BS. And I think... When you're saying that she's more dominant, well, you got to remember too, Maleficent isn't quite there yet. Oh, really? So, yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's locked up in the tower, so she's not with oh, them true. present day, right? That's so true. So once she's released, however they're going to do that, 
we'll see how that dynamic changes. But yeah, Cruella, definitely sassy, definitely has great lines in in this show. Uh, just to mention a few that, that Eliana mentioned, you know, when she, they cross the line, they mm-hmm. say, welcome to Storybrooke. And she said, thank you, Regina. I won't, you won't regret it. You know, she's like, I hope not. She kind of digs at Rumple being a cripple uh, in the real world. In the real world. Like, how are you going to help me? Right. When, when, you know, this is in a world where apparently walking is hard. And what are you offering short stuff? You know, little quips and little things and digs at Rumble, which is funny. And again, you know, that goes back to her being so sassy. Can I mention uh, something about Corella that stood out really strong for me? And that is no Dalmatians. What happened? Yes, it was Rottweilers. Yeah, was that... I was thinking, did they not get the rights to the Dalmatians? Because that ties in the whole franchise to the 100 Dalmatians and Corella. Did they choose purposely not to do that for that reason? Or did they choose Rottweilers because they're just more evil and tough looking? Uh, hence the green eyes. And she even calmed them down yeah. as opposed to a Dalmatian where they're cute. And eat, I don't know. That could probably be it. Or it could be the prequel to the Dalmatians. We don't know that yet. Yeah, because I think you're right. Because the whole 100 Dalmatians is in the real world. Not in this storybook or fortress or enchanted forest. It's all in the real world. So maybe you're right. So something too I want to mention about Cruella. Mm -hmm. Because I was talking to my coworker and she kind of brought it up too. And I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. And she hadn't watched the episode yet, but she is a Once Upon a Time fan. And she said, you know, well, what's with Cruella? She doesn't have any magical powers. She's from this land. And I was like, that's right. She, From what we know, she is from this land. She's not from the Enchanted Forest mm-hmm. as far as we know. And I, I was with her. I was like, you're right. Because all she was was somebody here who stole Dalmatians and wanted to use them for fur. So I was thinking about that too while I was watching the show. But we have Rumple to kind of point that out. He does says, oh, Corella, you and your power of persuasion. That's right. That was that that was the writers telling us this is why she's a villain because she uses her persuasion like no other. So that's her power even though as you mentioned and your coworker mentioned that she doesn't have like the magical powers of Ursula or um Maleficent, Maleficent. or or the evil queen. So that's that's her power. We have yet to see what else it can do. So now that we're talking about their powers, do you want to dive into real quick Let's go back to that flashback when Rumple uses the three of them to go through all the obstacles mm-hmm. in order to get the dark curse hidden in Bald Mountain. And you see Cruella again use her powers of persuasion, right? Yeah. And you have Maleficent, you know, taking the dragon's breath away, which is guarding the that orb with the dark curse. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, Ursula grabs it with her tentacle. Easy. So I was like, oh, wow, way to incorporate the three of them. Because when I first was thinking, why put those three together? Of all the people to put together, why those three villains? Rumpel always wants to manipulate his sweet words to get his way, and he (laughs) knew exactly why he needed them. And here you have him, the sleaze that he is, uses uses them to get what he wants and then leaves them hanging dry, (laughs) almost to die, but they all work together to save each other. Right. And can I say this now? Uh, Is that... This was the foreshadow to see what happened in the end because we didn't know. It was kind of suspicious. Like, well, 
What's in it for them to go back and get Rumple once they're in Storybrooke? They can just say, hey, right. screw you. Uh, we have a plan. We're going to destroy this. Do what we want to do. And you're the guy who screwed us in the past. So why should we even pay attention to you anymore? But uh, this is a foreshadow because that's how Maleficent felt. And she even looked at them and said, hey, we, I thought we had a plan here. And she even thought they were going to leave her there to, to die. But Ursula is the one who said, hey, you know, she got her out of yeah. there. And they all worked together to get out free. So I think that was like the foreshadow to say, you know what? These two together, they will save whoever they need to save because it's one of them. They're a team. They're all villains. But yeah, and that brings up another point. They called themselves the band. Like Rumpel was like, well, we need yeah. to go get her. We're missing one one member of the band. Let's go get her. Right. So, you know, I do like that they are banding together as a team, even though they are villains uh-huh. and you don't necessarily root for them. You know, sometimes I do root for the villain, but I like how they do band together like that. But I also, in them showing that flashback of the past, mm-hmm. of what Rumpel used them for, and they're, they kind of compare it to the present of him going to Ursula and Cruella and then flashing back to them. It's like, why should they trust him? And again, it's like, why should they trust him? He, I think, is kind of the brains. Yeah, he he's, is. He's a little sneaky guy. He's the mastermind. He's Definitely the mastermind. And they proved it. So the reason why they, they brought him in is because now they're in this land. They don't know anything about Storybrooke. So Rumpel knows everything. Him. Yeah, they're going to use him. Rumpel knows all about Storybrooke. Along with these villains, you have Corella, Ursula, and Maleficent. And I'd like to dive into each one very quickly. But when you think of a villain, and this is brought up in the episode when Hook even said it, you know, he says something about the evil queen. And then um, you have Regina say, hey, can we drop the E word already? Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I totally, thought that was hilarious. <laughs> again, with the good writing. I yes. totally thought the same thing. Because you have Regina, and I don't know if you want to, if maybe you want to go into there just yet, but I want to mention it since you said that. We have him say, we have Regina say, can we drop the E word already? Because yeah. she's on her road to redemption. She's trying right. to drop that evil queen thing. Right. But I thought it was so funny because he's like, what do you mean? The evil queen doesn't know what to do with the hell beast. Right. She's like, can we just drop the E word, please? Right. But you, when you think about villains, you also think about the evil queen. So that's why I brought her up. And I thought I'd bring that um, that little snippet of the show into yeah. this section because I think it wouldn't make sense when I bring it up again in the future, but, and I guess I can say this also, this is how they persuaded Regina to let them in because they said, Hey, we're just like you. We want to, re- mm-hmm. you know, we're on the road to redemption as well. If you did it, you know, you, we can do it too. Rumple told us all about you. You're our model, so to speak. Yeah. Can you please give us that chance? And because Regina is on that road, she did give them the chance, but let's put the brakes on there because I want to jump into kind of dissecting uh, the other villains. So we have Maleficent. And I think I brought this up earlier and I don't really have uh, that much to say other than she's not the dominant that I thought she would be. She's more of the observer, the kind of uh, let's do what I need to do and get this over with type. I think she's the strong but silent type. So yeah, yeah, she wasn't the dominant one, but she was the most powerful one of the three. You know that... And I like it at the end too, like Ursula and Cruella fear Maleficent, but yeah. they they seem to fear Regina more. Yes. They say, you know, Maleficent was bad and she's evil and dark, but Regina was worse. You know, what? How, she's the one who put her away. 
you know, she's not loud like Cruella and she won't say it like it is. But when it comes down to it, I think she's probably the darker one and the most powerful one of the, the silent of the three. ones you need to be careful. Exactly. So you have Ursula, who's very, very, very <laughs> extremely quiet, I think. But but she's also an observer of strong opinions. And she's the one that kind of pointed it out to us as a viewer to say, hey, uh, if the demon wasn't able to defeat Regina, what makes you think we can defeat the demon with, with Maleficent? Because as you just mentioned, they see Regina stronger than Maleficent. But then that's when Rumpel's like, uh-uh, that's not who it was after. But that was, I think Ursula kind of brings the points that we should, as the viewer, be looking at. And that was, I think that's the role that Ursula played in this episode. But I like to see more about, you know, what's their take on Ursula? What is her purpose for being a part of this pack other than grabbing uh, things that are far away <laughs> and holding them down because she has more than two hands? Yeah, there has to be a another connection of some sort. But yeah. real quick, I want to bring this up because I just remembered and I, I kind of thought of it on the side. How did Regina know that it was her calling when she called him when they're at the town line? And then she says... Hey, see, hey, see, bitch. Yeah, I know. I think it was. Well, how the, are you calling from Rumple's phone? And we're like, what? I think it was just the voice. They know each other. But Remember, everybody has a past with each other, right? But didn't she? I don't think she had had said hello yet. Did she? Maybe, maybe, maybe there was continuity where they didn't keep. I that guess. In. I just thought it was funny. I was like, wait a minute. I don't know. Small details. Yeah. Whatever. But okay. in, yeah. So who who do you want to jump in now? Do we want to go ahead and tackle Rumple? And see, I think he he has, um, I have a long list for him compared to all the other characters for this episode. Well, since we're talking about Regina and, mm-hmm. and redemption, let me just say real quick before we dive into Rumpel, because there is a lot to say about Rumpel too. Mm-hmm. And, there's, and there's also, you know, some things to say about Regina and her road to redemption versus the Queens of Darkness. So I like that, you know, she doesn't quite trust them and who would you know being a villain you know villain can always double cross you right so when I was watching I don't know about you I was like don't trust them don't let them over but then I was thinking to myself well what kind of hypocrite are you if you won't give them a chance when here you are asking for a chance from everybody else and that's what Regina told all of them when they were at the line it was charming snow and Emma and you have here Emma and Regina kind of ready to just say, hey, let them in. And we'll get into this later, but that's exactly what Regina said. I will be a hypocrite. And I can't do this for my own self to not let them in. I need to let them in because I know how it feels. And I think everybody knows that she is a lot, like 10 times worse. And she said this too in that very same sentence. They're not as evil as I was. Right. Yes. So at the least, I can give them this chance. It's going to be an easy transition, and as it's not been for me. And I also like okay, not just Regina's character, but Lana, the way she portrays her when she's talking to the villains versus talking to Emma and Snow, and when she's a mayor, she's e- easily able to change her hat, so to speak. Her hat, <laughs> definitely. So I, you know, I just just kudos to Lana. I should say I. You know, again, I'm a big Regina fan, so I root for her no matter what. And 
as far as her being the most evil and here she is on the road to redemption and she just does want her happy ending. So yeah. I guess, again, yeah, how is she going to deprive somebody else if they want the same thing when she was way more evil than they could ever be? I guess if there was a an employee of the month over at Once Upon a Time, it has to be Lana to switch from so many different characters, so to speak. You got to give it to her. I think yeah, so. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's get into this. Sneaky, sneaky, smart, conniving, mastermind, Rumple. The villain of the episode, I like to say. It wasn't the demon. It wasn't Corella. It wasn't Ursula. I think it's Rumple. And even though it's not in a very mischievous, like strong way where he's killing somebody or threatening somebody, he's manipulating the whole event within Storybrooke, outside of Storybrooke, in the past, now now in the current present moment, this guy, he doesn't give it a rest. And I think he keeps bringing up as he's trying to, to go ahead and recruit his four band members back. And as he's trying to get his way into back to Storybrooke, it's for our happy ending. It's for a happy mm-hmm. ending. But my number one question is, you know, what's your happy ending? Right. Well, I think his happy ending is with Belle. And I like how they asked him, well, what's your gain? He's like, that's for me to know. Like, yeah, just like, well, that's for you to other's. know. Yeah. yeah, I respect your happy ending. Respect my happy ending. And we all want a happy ending, so let's help each other out. But again, he is the mastermind. And I never, I will, after all these seasons, there's no way I could trust him. I don't know how they no. trust him. He's always double-crossing somebody. And us as the viewer, we know not to trust this guy. Yet, they're trusting him again. Not only that, how, did you see like how he treated Ursula at his at her apartment? <laughs> what a jerk! You know he's being fed. He's getting. A, he has a house. He has the magic box, aka internet mm-hmm. uh, computer with internet in front of him, helping him manipulate the whole scene within Storybrooke. And he just says, you know, what did he say? With the hospitality that you give me, some people will see it as hostile or something like that. Like what a jerk! Yeah. Be happy, but. He holds his ground that he, I am still the, uh, what do they call him? Pretty much, I am the dark uh, one. Yeah. I'm the dark one. I'm the dark one. That's why you need to listen to me. And wait, better yet, it's in your hands to trust me because right. I'm at your, I'm at your feet. Uh, my my fate is in your hands. Yeah. From what we learned from what I've learned, I don't know about we, but from what I've learned, you can't trust him. And he's always one step ahead. Yes. For some reason, he's always one step ahead. And I kind of remember in the flashback, um, well, my own in season 4A, I think it, it was the finale when Regina was mentioning finding the author or the sorcerer of the book. He, I had a feeling, and I think I mentioned it in, our, in that episode that we did too, that he already knew who the author was or he knew something about it. And he's like, huh. You know, that's a good idea. Like, you know, oh, that was kind of it to me. It gave me the impression like that was kind of my plan B. Yeah. Like I already know about that. He has to know. So and then, you know, it comes to light this this episode kind of like, he know, he knows who the author he doesn't. I think he knows who the author is. He probably does. He probably met him. He's probably the only one because he knows to look for that guy so that they can get the happy ending. Yeah. Blue brought that up that no one's really seen him and it hasn't been for years who's been around for years, I think the longest has been Rumpelstiltskin. So he has to know what he's dealing with. Let's give him the credit that he knew the spell or the 
He knew the script that would free the fairies and release that demon. He knew what he was doing. Yep. I think uh, Justina, Justina or Eliana brought it up that, you know, he was accidentally released. He wasn't accidentally released. It was Rumpel's plan the whole yeah. time. And he mentions that as they're walking in Storybrooke already, yeah. there's, he's telling Ursula and Corella, hey, wake up. I'm the one who planned this all out from the beginning to end right now so that we can be standing in here this very second. So the demon wasn't an accident. He made that script so that, okay, you want your fairies back? Here you go. But I want to get back in. And the only way to get back in is to release this demon that you're going to need help from these two. And then these two are going to get me into Storybrooke and I'm going to have my happy ending. Yeah, he... Knew from all the beginning when he was at Ursula's apartment and that went that thing went ding. I thought to myself, he's the professor. He's the he's the one. You know how Bell sent out. You know who can translate this to different professors. I knew he would be the professor. He kind of mastermind and knew what was going to happen. Or he's just one step ahead. I don't know if he's got this big plan like plan A, B, C, and D. If this doesn't work, well then I can do this. I can figure out a way in. Yeah, Rumple. He's the mastermind. We have to always remember that. No matter how many times we want to side with him, like the last episode was so teary. We felt bad for him. Mm -hmm. We especially felt bad for Belle because that's the love of her life. And we didn't want that to end. But remember, this the, this episode is an, <laughs> a reminder. It's the, it's the author and directors and the writers telling us, remember who Rumpel is. Right. And... You know, you bring up Belle, and Belle, when I was wondering when we were watching the episode how far time has passed, and I think they mentioned six weeks, and you, I felt like Belle, oh, you know, she wasn't, you know, she's kind of over it already. But, you know, that scene with the in the library, and Eliana mentions it as well, it's kind of heartbreaking because you see her talking to Hook, and Hook tells her as much of a, a dirtbag or scumbag he was, he did really love you. Yeah. I and like that moment. I did. I love that moment too. And it's it just goes to show you that she really loves him. And even though he's still done bad, there's a part of her that wishes and hopes that he's happy or finds what, what exactly he's looking for. Yeah, she Belle says, I hope he's just found what he's what he was looking for and he's happy. But what is that? It's her. I don't what think it is. so, because he already had her and he still wasn't happy. He still wasn't satisfied, which is why he was going through all this trouble. So why? To me, I'm totally with Justina. Like, really, that quickly you're back into Storybrooke. I wanted him to have a taste of his own medicine. For a you little know, bit try longer. To, yeah. Try to get through the real world where you have no powers, where you can't manipulate anybody. And you have to defend for yourself, no one else. But I, I think it did happen totally, fast. totally with Justina. Like that was too quick. Why did they do that? That's all my only pick here is, you know, let that marinate because I really, as a viewer, want to understand what is Rumpel's happy ending, what is Corella's happy ending, what is Ursula's happy ending, what is Maleficent's happy ending. That's what their whole deal was. We're here for a happy ending. We're finally here for a happy ending. What is that? To take um, charge of everybody? And take out the heroes? No, I don't think that's it either. And I think that's what this season's for. We're gonna, it's going to come to light. And I think, you know, it did happen so fast that he's back in Storybrooke. But I have a feeling 
that they're going to start flashing back of what happened in between then and kind of show what it is exactly each one of them is looking for. Yeah. So I want to quickly also go back because um, we're kind of veering off this one, but Hook and Bell, they had that moment, but it also goes to show that uh, I like how, I don't know who said it, but pretty much they both got played by Rumple. Oh, yeah. But he there they it. are. They're yeah. both reminiscing on the, <laughs> on the dude, <laughs> consoling each other. Like, you know, we'll get through this. And well, okay. Let's just set the fairies we'll free. Just, okay, yeah. But you got, well, with Hook, he had no choice. Hook yeah. had no choice. Belle had a choice. And she chose love. And he pretty much said, well, you know, love is blind. But yeah. that that is a funny moment. I think, and just really quick too, the funny moment in that too is like, he said, well, what's that box for? In this, the internet, he's like, this is the thing that's, Bell's like, this is the thing that's going to help us, you know, yeah. get the fairies. Like, what a box? Magic box. That's why I call The magic it, box. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's and why then, I call this episode. And looking at the box, it was, it was, it looks like an old school computer. It's not even. Very old school. Even, what happened to uh, at least a PC from 2012 or something? Right. It's all old. I don't know. That was just a funny moment. But then there's cell phones too. Just when oh, yeah. I brought that up. Yeah. A flip phone. It's an old flip phone where you had to push send. Elia- yeah. Eliana brought that one up. <laughs> just those funny flip phones. Yeah. All right. Kind of veered off for a minute, but. No, it's okay. Yeah. So um, I'd also like to point out, let's go to one of Rumpel's plans. And that was this demon. Now he brings a very strong point. Uh, he mentions this. And I'm not sure what's seen, but he clearly says, this demon is an ancient demon that feeds on evil. It seeks out the heart with the great potential for darkness and then dissolves it. So this whole time we have like the besties together. And that is Regina and Emma, which I want to say, I love that they're getting along. Working together. I know me too. They, They even had a moment over where normally uh, Regina will get upset and just shut down and probably uh, throw a smart remark to Emma if she had found a picture like that. But this right. time she opened up to her and told her, you know, this is how we feel. And this is what Robin thought that meant, blah, blah, blah. So they had a moment. But the whole episode, they're like besties together yeah. in the whole journey. And that kind of throws some confusion both in us as the viewer and then as Regina thinking that the demon's after her. I kind of, once Rumpel said that, like what the demon was after, I noticed that when they were in the buggy, the, what did Regina call it? A metal box. Yeah. (laughs) Um, They're in the buggy and Regina disappears because she wants to kind of tease the demon over to the line, but the demon's still after Emma. Yeah. But it happens so quickly. But there, that was our proof that, Yes, Rumple kind of brings it up in the end, telling Ursula, don't you guys understand? Aren't you guys paying attention? <laughs> Yelling at them. <laughs> the demon wasn't after Regina. Who we need to be careful for and watch out is Emma. Yeah. Before that scene, though, I kind of thought that it was Emma that he was after. And maybe I kind of cheated a little of the promo that I put on Facebook. <laughs> it kind of showed her, will darkness turn her? And she kind of oh, showed her evil. I so I thought that. to myself, oh my gosh, yeah. So it kind of, that's how it kind of connected. But then I, my theory for why, um, why I think it was after Emma and why she would have the darkest potential. And, I, and when I, bear with me because I might go in a circle. But <laughs> so she is the hero, so to speak. Uh-huh. She hasn't really 
gone to the dark side yet. So the potential for her to go that way is easy versus Regina was already dark and she's on her way to redemption to a happier place. So she knows what it's like to be dark. So her potential for darkness is going down because she wants to, you know, be good and do good. Right. Versus Emma, she's already at that point of being, you know, the hero, Mm -hmm. but she hasn't turned yet. And Justina kind of brings it up in her feedback too, which kind of ties with mine. Like she was the, you know, she was a product of true love, but in her life, she has much disappointment. Like the peace is very short lived. And, um, she, you know, she lost Neil. She had to give up Henry. So in that and all the disappointment, even though she's born out of true love, it can influence her heart to turn to darkness. And that's what I gather what just was what Justina was trying to say. Right. But also on the flip side, um, does that also make her susceptible to that big secret that they're keeping? Like they, we don't know what happened in the Chance Forest with Snow and Charming and Ursula and Cruella. So at that token too, and I kind of question that as well. Well, finding that out that secret turn Emma to the dark side. Hmm. I think this is why everybody was questioning, you know, why did they bring up Frozen? Frozen was too soon. Frozen wasn't needed. You know, it kind of veered off the whole storyline. I think this is why the creators brought Frozen up because we have Anna as a perfect example of somebody who who has just love in her heart but is forced by society that's forced by events in her life to protect herself, which comes off evil because she has to use her powers to protect herself and those that she loves. But then in doing so, you are seen as evil because now look, look what you've used your powers for. You use them not for the greater good, more so just to protect you. And in that act, you hurt others. So I think the creators are showing us, hey, remember Anna? This can yeah. happen to Emma too. Emma right. is full of love. She's independent. Uh, yes, she has gone through so many things. She's a strong woman. But under that strong woman, there becomes limits. And there's going to become a tipping point where she's going to say, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. And she's going to, as we can see, she's really comfortable with her powers now. On demand, right. she was there with Regina fighting the demon. We haven't seen that kind of faith and that that confidence right. in her until this episode. So I think now we're at the point with Emma that, yes, the spotlight's on her. It's on her like never before. It, it's been a long journey of her coming to this place. So now, depending on the event, maybe it is that big, big secret that's going to turn her. We're not sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's some event that happens with the villains that kind of recruit her. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what that secret is because now I'm thinking and I'm kind of along on the same page with Justina that that secret could turn her to the dark side. And it kind of goes along with the theory like she's never gone to the dark side yet. So her potential is great to go there. I'm just so interested. How how did that meeting happen? Like how were they acquainted with each other? Ursula and Corella with charming and snow how that's, does that happen that's the bit one of the big questions of the episode i think is what they is, were upset yeah the, to the point where snow was like saying you know you let that secret out i'm going to rip your heart out myself like yeah. she will turn to the dark side and, and and take care of both of them and they kind of have that i don't know if you got that feeling but they kind of feared them 
Cruella yeah. and Ursula kind of feared Snow and Charming. Like, do not let this secret out. Nobody's supposed to find out. Right. And then this is also where Emma kind of caught on a little bit and said, you know, mom, this isn't you. Why are you against them? And she uses the excuse, well, everything's so back to normal. Why do we want to ruin yeah. that? And that's the <laughs> sense we got in the beginning, which right. I love the beginning. I don't know who's the director, producer of that opening with the music yeah. and the montage. Very nice. So very nice and beautiful how they put that together. But it was to show us, look, you know, Regina's the mayor again. Snow is the teacher. Henry's, you know, peacefully between both moms. They're, the moms are getting along like besties. Uh, you have Emma who's finally in love and embracing it as well. That's so right. we have this time where ah, the calm before the storm. Always. Now the storm is here. And this is perfect timing for both Charming and Snow to say, oh, you know, um, yeah, let's not let them in. But really, it's because they have their own agenda with it. They yeah. have a past with them. And that's the the part where everybody's like, what? That does not make sense. At that moment, too, I was like, why are they so against it? And right. it does make sense, you know, and that they, everything is so peaceful. Why bring more villains in there? And I, too, was on that side. But now we know there's a bigger reason why they don't want them in, coming into Storybrooke. Right. So just to wrap it up with Regina, we there is a scene that caught my attention. And that's kind of like where you think, well... Maybe it's not Emma. Maybe it is Regina going back back to the darkness. But this time, Regina is going to darkness of all darknesses. And that is becoming the dark one. Because when she had that dagger in her hand and released the fairies, there's that scene where she's just amazed and shocked. And she's looking at the dagger like, wow, this power, this is so powerful. And then it quickly turned, like they quickly shut that scene down by, um, I forgot what happened. Uh, I think Emma's the one who went to talk to her about something. I'm not sure what it was, but just the look and in, in that reaction that she had towards the dagger kind of raised the question, is she tempting to to go that way or not? What was that whole scene about? Interesting, because I didn't really catch that. No, I didn't. But I'm thinking, I mean, she is on this road to the redemption. And now that you bring this up, maybe she can use that sword for good or that little dagger for good. Like if it has that power to be dark, why doesn't it have that power to be light? Well, yeah, it released the fairies. It did release the fairies. Hmm. It could undo the powers of the dark one. Right. And I'm sure they could figure out a way. Because, again, Regina's one of the most powerful ones there as well. You got Emma, Regina, and even Rumple. I think Rumple's more mastermindish or sneakyish in, in how he gets his ways. But, you know, I think maybe in that little moment, it's like, hey, this has a lot of power. Maybe it could be used for good. Mm. Now that you bring up Regina releasing the Blue Fairy, her, her reaction to Regina is so... Is it timid? Would that be the right word? No, I, no. I don't want to say... She's... It's like she still holds that grudge against Regina. Like she's like, "Oh, it wasn't me. It was it was the mayor. Thank the mayor." And she's like, "Thank you." Yeah, she like, won't even look at her. Won't even look at her or anything. Won't even give her a chance. Doesn't trust her. Doesn't believe she's on this. You know, wants to be good, and she just. But she helps her, down. her. But she helps her out. She she says, "You know, what is it that you need?" And yeah, she but asked, still mean. 
I know, I know. <laughs> I she kind of has that very attitude, strong, mean look and yeah. demeanor. And I didn't like that she wasn't. It's kind of it brings me back to um, uh, Robin's wife's name. I, I was, <laughs> <laughs> made Marion. Marion. Yeah, Mar- Marion. Marion. The same reaction, right in the beginning, where they didn't like Regina because she's the evil. She's the evil queen. But here she is. She saved your life. Be grateful. But it's so hard for them because, you know, granted, she was the evil one. She did a lot guess, of bad things. I guess you got to save her life a couple times and then she'll, <laughs> yeah. she'll be, she'll turn a new leaf. Yeah. But here you have the blue fairy saying, wait a minute. I, yes, the sorcerer is a powerful guy, but the sorcerer and the author are two different people. And the big question is not who's the author, but also why does the sorcerer have the author's books? What happened? And I don't know about you, but the Blue Fairy's reaction to the sorcerer, Mm. like she says, like she says, they are two different people. I know the sorcerer. And I sense a, uh, I sense a fear. I, I sense that maybe he's evil, that she's scared of him. So I wonder you know, what kind of sorcerer is it? Because it kind of made it, she kind of made it seem like she was scared of the sorcerer and then the author is just somebody completely different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She she pointed that out and I think that's something that we were all under the impression that it was the same person and that this person is a nice person. But yeah. then from from like you, you mentioned, just how she came off about that, now we have a feeling that maybe one of them is a villain. <laughs> Right. Is the sorcerer the big, big villain? Right. Now, if you think about it, the author is the ultimate mastermind because he's the one who's writing the story behind everybody. That's right. The story behind Rumpel, the story behind Regina, the story behind Storybrooke, every, every single one. He has the power to write them good, to write them bad, to destroy their life, to make them unhappy. So is he, the author, really a good guy or is he a villain? I think that's the question. And I think that's what the Blue Fairy is probably telling us. She's fair warning us, hey, be cautious of who you're looking for and why you're looking for them. Well, I kind of got the impression that the sorcerer was the evil one, not the author. Because hmm. she was kind of saying like, there are two different, like, she's made it sound like they're two different people. And why would the sorcerer have the author's books? So where is the author? Who is the author? Does Rumpel know who the author is? Nobody's really ever seen the author. So those are like, those are all the questions I have. I was like, so it'll be interesting to see because all this time, I think everybody was on the same page that they were one and the same person. Yeah. And so, and then my other question is, where is the sorcerer? Who is the sorcerer? Is he the villain? Is he the villain? And then another thing I wish they would show, and hopefully they'll show it because when the blue fairy came out of that hat, she was totally scared, timid, and to me, seem like a different person. So I'm wondering if they'll ever show what happens if you're in that hat. Like, where do you go? And why Why didn't others get released from that hat? Because wasn't the sorcerer sucked into the hat by Rumpel? Right. No, that was the apprentice. Oh, I'm sorry. Different, the apprentice. Different, yes. different. Yeah. So why didn't he come out? Well, the, was, I think the spell was only for the right. blue fairies. Again, we're dealing with Rumpel, so he knows right. how to manipulate the whole magic. But I think... That's pretty much what happened in this episode. And it's such insane. And don't, I think it was Blue who said that there are hidden clues to his whereabouts. 
Yes. In the book. In so his that's works, in his works. Said. Yeah, there's there's a hidden clues to where he's at. And that's I think that's where we leave the scene with Henry too, like just mm-hmm. looking through all the books trying to figure out where are the hidden clues. Right. And Emma said, you know, leave it to that kid to find it because he knows those books like no one no other. Right. And that is one of his works. So now he's searching for clues. All right. So the game changer for this episode, I think, is that the author and the sorcerer are not one and the same. That is a game changer. I think uh, the game changer are questions. It's not so much who, what, you know, it's not so much something that happened, but more of what is happening. What is the big secret between Charming, Snow, Corella, and Ursula? That's question number one. Number two, who is the author? Number three, happy ending. What happy ending? These are all questions that, to me, are game changers. It's not so much what happened. It's just, you know, these questions are very haunting right now as a viewer. What's to come? And I, I just can't wait to see. I think the creators and the the directors of this show and the actors and actresses did so well to bring this show back because it was a long-awaited one. I'm just going to say this now that a lot of people are kind of bashing the show that it, now it's time to end this show. Let's put it to an end. Let's rest it. I think they're off to a good start and you have to give it to them to put such a twist on all these stories that we knew as kids. Here we have all these entertaining twists and and turns about these characters that we never knew before. Yeah. And a lot of connections Mm -hmm. and, and how they intertwine everybody together. Yeah. So I, again, I'm with you this episode, great start to season four B and I cannot wait to see what happens throughout the rest of the season. Yes. Before we wrap this up, I just wanted to bring one more thing up. And Justina mentions it, and I thought the same thing, is why did they not take that scroll back oh. from Cruella after they give it? They gave it to him? Now they got a key to go enter in and out, and they can let anybody in or out That's of Storybrooke. True. That's true. When I was like, gosh, why did they take it? As she said, what are the consequences What are the that? consequences? So again, another game changer. They have a key. It's a game changer. They have a key to go in, in and out of the protected walls of Storybrooke. So what are the consequences? And I thought to myself the same thing. Why did they not ask for that thing back? That is a good observation. And we have yet to find out. So we'd like to thank you so much for tuning into this show. We... Greatly appreciate all the feedback that we give, the interaction that's going on over in the Facebook group. If you'd like to join the rest of us, head over to beyondstorybrook.com where you have all the links and information to follow us, to join the group, email us, send us your feedback via voicemail, email. It's up to you. Everything over at beyondstorybrook.com. We are brought to you by goldensparrowmedia.com where you can find more entertaining podcast shows. Until next time, thanks for listening. 